feeling quite centered. One who is centered does not speak with the centeredness. Right. And maybe do it again then, because I did. I'm feeling quite centered. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm feeling nothing. Good evening. Welcome to Karl Marx Does the Washing Up. Uh, I'm Elias Kassam. I'm Shaitali. And today, uh, I was thinking we could talk about. Well, my dad said something to me this morning, and over breakfast. Well, we were in the car, just oh. wandering, driving around, you know, you know, cruising, father yeah. son time. Yeah, I like that. Neither you or your father obviously have anything better to do on a Monday morning. <laughs> no, no, obviously, no work needs to be done. <laughs> this was work. This is like this is this is important stuff in life. We're like you know, questioning the deep stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Slash him just giving me a lecture. Yeah, okay. Um, but so basically, he said that we were talking about kids and relationships or whatever, and he said to me, um, "But you know, in your generation, you guys will just uh, have technological babies, uh, where you can just turn them on and off when you want a baby." That's the dream. Wait, turn them on and off when you want the baby, or turn the baby on saying, and off? Huh? Turn the baby on and off, or yeah. turn when you want the baby on and off? No, turn the baby on and off. Like, what do you mean? Turn. So, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. Turn the baby on and off. He's. I was just like, yeah. I don't know if I can handle. I was saying I don't know if I can. I, can, I don't know how to look after myself. How am I going to know if I can look after another person? Yeah. Right. And he's like, yeah, but you don't need to worry about that. Your generation will just turn babies on and off when they want them. <laughs> <laughs> but also, why do you think that you need to look after yourself to be able to look after someone else? Yeah, I know. It's 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 a sort of non. Well, I guess. Um. Why? I mean, it's a fair. It's a fair line of logic. It's just, I think sometimes it's a lot easier to look after other things. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's why I think it's actually easier. And to sometimes look after easier a baby. to love love something else and yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think you would be a great father. Yeah, but, but like, like useless uh, looking like, after myself. Human being, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, of course, of course. So, what was your dad's advice? I am not convinced. Like, I, I feel like you could definitely like drop your kid out the window. Yeah, but this is all. But he would definitely have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but also the, all these. So it's, I find it really difficult to talk about kids because it's just so hypothetical. I don't know what kind of father I'll be. I don't even know if I'll be a father, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's just sure. such a hypothetical situation. But what was your father's? Did he offer any life advice? No, he said just don't worry about it. Just don't worry you about it. You can just turn it off when you don't want it. <laughs> Does that mean just give it to the mother? Is that what that means, or it just means literally there'll be a switch? Well, I mean, the thing is, I'm like, I'm 30 years like old, he obviously doesn't have much hope. Because <laughs> by the time the baby, he either thinks it's like, you know, Apollo releasing an on and off <laughs> baby next month. Yeah. Or he's talking about a dystopian future in like at least 20 years time. But you so he's might... not expecting me to grow up in tw- the next 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you could be a father when you're 60 for the first time. That's not outside the realms of possibility. Yeah, but you know, you've got Indian parents. They don't, yeah, that's, that's true. Not, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the general gist of how yeah. things go. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were having these fears. What, me having fears? Of, like, well, I guess it's like, yeah, it, I haven't really... I quite like kids, but I haven't, it hasn't crossed the... Yeah. But I do feel the idea of commitment. It is, that is the most... Uh, the, the hardest thing is that once you have a baby, then you have a baby. It's not like, you know, when you go for dinner and you have anxiety about whether you should eat this or that, <laughs> but then you don't have to eat that dish for the rest of your life. Well, no, with a kid, you do. Yeah, but then won't the, con- won't the converse happen in that you maybe just will stop caring about... You won't be thinking all evening about what you're going to eat for dinner because you have a fucking baby. No, I'll be thinking, so what, what is the baby going to eat for dinner? 
Yeah, but I think breast you would, milk. No. I, I think you would just become more decisive because you'd have less time no, no, to I be so. indecisive. Be a dick about things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, when you have a baby, they're only a baby for like eighteen years. Yeah, but then they become something else. <laughs> Yeah, but then just they'll leave oh, the eight, oh, 18 years. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. 18 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, I, whereas, whereas indigestion can last a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think your dad's advice not to worry about it is, is good advice. But I feel like he must, have said, he must have felt something. He must have said something. Yeah, I think he would like uh, us to have children. But also it's like, you know, you know, like they're of that generation. And I think especially being Indian, yeah. there, there, isn't, there isn't any kind of considered possibility that that wouldn't happen. Yeah, There's yeah, no idea that you yeah, wouldn't yeah. get married and have children. That's yeah. just that's just what happens. It's just like it's the same as gravity or the sun. Yeah, yeah, coming up. Yeah, but actually, no. But I mean, my parents see that as the purpose of life. The purpose yeah. of life is to get married and have children. And I, yeah. I don't know if that evade gravity. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if we're that different to that. I mean, what do you? No, I think I think we're just I think we're just. Uh... We're just like delaying things. We're just postponers. Yeah, for sure. Maybe marriage I can maybe live without, but I, I do definitely want to have children. I think so do you. Yeah, I think so. I think we just want to be children for longer than our parents wanted to be. Do you think that you... Do you see yourself still as a child? Maybe our parents just didn't parent us well enough. They're, still like, <laughs> they're parenting us too well. Uh, well this, we can't, this, we, this we can't break free of it. Yeah, well, we're just like, oh, we're, we're quite like being children. Yeah, I think yeah. our generation, we're all kind of children, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is it because our parents have been a bit too smothering? Is that what you're saying? I guess. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Is your what? mother a smotherer? Yeah, of course. Yeah. What Indian mother isn't a smotherer? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but my... I, this, yeah. But isn't your fear that you will also be a smothering parent? That's my fear. I don't think I'll be a smothering parent. Yeah? You'll be quite a distant one. I don't think I'll be distant. I'll be very involved. <laughs> um... But I just wouldn't be, I would just be like, are you asking the right questions? <laughs> I'd be just more concerned with whether he's looking at the sky or not. <laughs> I think that's, that's my, that was my main issue. Like Sabrina always thinks, like, she's like, why, why aren't you more a protective brother? I'm like, well, it's not, if you want to fall off something. Sorry, that's, that's nothing fine. to do with you. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe, think, maybe you're not ready to be a parent. But <laughs> I think I might have like quite strong fears. Like I might be like I might be scared that he might die or she might die. Yeah. But then I wouldn't be. Um, but I wouldn't smother them because of it. I would just like anxiously like jump into a well by myself and cry myself <laughs> to sleep. But I wouldn't be smothering. I would just be like. Um, well, okay. I'd be just like, are you, how many clouds did you see today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, how do you do feel you about you? <laughs> so how do you feel about the fact that maybe we haven't really committed to anything in our lives? For as long as it would take, like in a in a similar way that the commitment to a child would require. Well, like season three is like teenage years of a person, right? You think you think we're already at the teenage years of the podcast? No, I no, I feel no, like we're, we're still in the infancy. Yeah, we're still, we're still in infancy. Yeah, um, we definitely got. But we're in the teenage hood of infancy. Yeah, exactly. So what's that? It means that we're walking. It's like where the internet is. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Are we still wearing nappies? Are we still wearing nappies? Um, like, am I, po- I feel like I'm potty trained, but I feel like still wearing a nappy. Because I don't always want to use the potty. Yeah, I feel like you're still wearing a nappy. You smell a lot when you come to these <laughs> things. But, I, but no, I think I've, gra- I've graduated. You've graduated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So now you, I'm just showing you. Car- yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
yeah. No, no, no. I think we're like we're we're, we're past we're past nappies. We're in like ten. We're like ten, nine, eight, eight, nine, ten. We're eight, nine, ten. Seven, eight, nine. We haven't hit double digits yet. Yeah, exactly. I think we're definitely nine. Okay, no, I can get on board with that. Fine. But I also think the thing with our podcast is we don't actually it it, it it's also quite regressive often. It's quite regressive. Yeah, yeah. So we don't age forward. We're like Benjamin Button. And we're aging backwards. Yeah. Well, up backwards and forwards. So he's like non-linear aging. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. I mean, we don't believe in time, for example. Yeah. But it's just I, like a good fungus or soil. Yeah, he's <laughs> kombucha. Yeah, and also maybe there'll be episodes in which we yeah age rapidly, and there'll be episodes in which we you know regress rapidly. But I feel like you were going somewhere with this story. Yeah. So I, well, I just think like this idea of patience. And commitment, like if you have a child, I think this. I think it was like a joke that my dad made, but it's also a really poignant point in the sense that I think nowadays we just don't have the patience for things that don't bring us joy immediately. I think that's definitely true. And we don't, and because yeah. of that, then we that we have a fear of commitment. Um, yeah, but I and mean, we've been offered so many choices. We like, yeah, yeah, like we say, you know. We said that our parents don't think there's any other option. It's because it's it just was the way when they grew up. Yeah. Now, even if it's just to do with like globalization and the internet, and we see or like and just like so much knowledge about different ways of different people living. Now we realize that you can live in so many different ways. You could, you know, adopt a tofu if you want. Yeah. Or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Um, so then the choice is much larger, and then we don't need to know how to make a decision, and yeah. then life makes its decision for us. Yeah, but is it because there's just so many more novelties available to us that we can live so many different lives and we can just try them and they'll bring us joy yeah, for a short have, period of time and then we just move on to the next one, right? Yeah, true. We have an access to a lot of hedonism. Which is, is it very, hedonism, you think, though? Well, not even hedonism, but just pleasures that, that are very hard to say no to. But like even... Like, because we, we, we're very fortunate, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's just... Ple- it depends on your definition of pleasures. Like, we've, still got, we've got access to a lot of different spiritualities, access to a lot of different... Uh, yeah, but that forms prevent- of nature. Yeah, but I think that often prevents it. Like the thing is, the thing is, when you have Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Christianity, not to right? mention like Scientology, Mormonism, uh, yeah, all the other ones. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then it's hard to really become religious in any one of them, or like truly get into the depth of whatever the spirituality. They may all take you to the same place, but you don't really get there because you're like, I'll do a month in Islam, I'll do yeah, like yeah, a few yeah. months in uh, Buddhism. Whereas if you grow up in a small village. In wherever, oh, and everyone's every, <laughs> everyone's Muslim, then you're just like, well, everyone's Muslim. This is what you do. You do the Muslim thing. So, are you saying for us to achieve patience and commitment, we've got to move to a small village? Yeah, pretty much. You inhabit the small village inside yourself. Yeah, exactly. Is that why you don't leave your bedroom? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly and, it. And that's why there are plants everywhere. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I've got to come over here to see you. Yeah, yeah that exactly. makes a lot of sense. No, but I think, I think there's definitely truth. And I think I really struggle if someone or something doesn't bring me joy, I'm very quick to let it go. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's in every walk of my life because like, my job... Or at least question it. Yeah, at least I question its need necessity. Yeah, or like, yeah. Well, should I be doing this? Should I be having joy? Is this uh, good for me? Am I meant to be here? Is this that yeah. kind of nonsense? But do you think that's a lack of patience or it's just a lack of understanding? Oh, it's just a lack of, it's just an inability to be, un, it's just an inability to be unhappy. Or you think it's a lack of patience? Yeah, well, it's, I don't know if it's patience, yeah. Well, it's like, 
I, I think everybody acts in the same way. It's just, I think this is quite circumstantial in terms of mostly a lot of our generation are very like, we're, we're very fortunate. I, I mean, at least our socioeconomic. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're very fortunate. We're privileged, right? And yeah, yeah we're very privileged that we have all these choices. And I think once you have the choices, then you become naturally kind of, um, you know, analytical about which choices are necessary, necess like which is, which is a better choice. So then it becomes this like paralysis of, of analysis, right? So, as in the choice is paralyzing. Yeah, the choice is paralyzing. And so you don't, you don't, well, you don't, you don't even think to exercise patience because there's, all, there's something else. Really what you're saying is then our parents' ability to, be, ability to be patient and committed is really just down to a lack of choice. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they're actually more patient or committed than us. Well, now, because they had a lack of choice, they've developed the virtues of patience and commitment. Ah, okay. So, so yeah. they, they arise out of that. And so they are more patient and committed than we are. But they weren't naturally that way. But then we're... Are you saying that we're naturally not meant to be patient and committed? No, no, no. I'm just saying that uh, the circumstances allowed them to cultivate a virtue that our circumstances don't promote necessarily. Right. Yeah, but I, don't, but I think actually what you're saying is that it's not circumstantial. That actually it's innate within us to be not patient and not committed. Yeah, I think, I think it's innate, innate within us to sort of kind of go for the shinier thing or be alluded to the thing which is more presently um, joyous, most apparently joyous. Right, which the new thing normally is, right? Even and I don't if it's know if only for a fleeting moment, right? It's yeah, even if it's f only for a fleeting moment, because well, because there's another tiny thing. Yeah, ex right? <laughs> exactly. After that, so I think it's natural for us to go to whatever fruit looks. Yeah, well, the counter cleaner. argument to this has always been, you know, that you know, if you do something in a committed manner, if you're committed to something, there'll be a deeper sense of joy. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I do also think that this, it's not, I don't know if it's natural or not, but like in this society, we have an over uh, fixation on the tangible or the, the forms or the aesthetics rather than the inner, the inner essence of things. I don't know if things were different before, but we neglect the intangible because it's not, it's not apparent. You, you understand the intangible things once you've actually gone yeah, into the depths yeah. of something. So you understand these like virtues of patience that develop when you... Yeah, yeah but, I can agree. But, but if there's too many things and you don't yeah. have time to get into the intangibles of anything. Yeah, yeah. And when have you, when have you like, watched an advert on TV and they're selling you patience? Yeah, I completely agree. They're, they're selling you the shiny thing of things. They're saying, selling you sexiness and freedom. And oh, so what you're saying is that really we should be selling patience. There's like a gap in the market here to sell <laughs> yeah, patience. Obviously. Obviously. Obviously, we are just a capitalist podcast. Yes, exactly. Trying to find our marketing... Yeah. Uh, USP. No, but I really do agree with you. But I don't think these are theories that we've necessarily just just had now. I think that a lot of people no. listening. I think everybody. Agree. Yeah, everybody like this. Quite. Yeah. It's a basic like sort of postmodern phenomenon. Or not even yeah. postmodern. It's just like yeah. But is there a way? Anything you know, interesting or revolutionary, really? But is there a way to become more patient and more committed without radically altering your lifestyle by, for example, moving to a smaller village or you know, cutting off your access to uh, like a plethora of things and like only is, it, is that radical or not radical i think that's quite radical isn't yeah it, it is well, quite it's a radical, radical yeah i think it's radical life. yeah 
Yeah, but is there a way to achieve patience and commitment without radically shifting your life? I think just decide to do it and commit. But before you do that, you have to commit to doing that, right? Yeah. How do you make the commitment to commit? Yeah, okay, that's fine. But then how do you choose to commit to something? So I'm committed to commitment, but what do I choose to be committed to? It doesn't really matter. Oh, really? If you're committed to commitment, then you just do the thing that whatever something resonates, and then when you want to leave it, you don't. Fine. So why don't I just, you know, if I apply this to my life, why don't I just go on a date and then commit myself to that next person for at least a year? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You think that's like an emotionally healthy thing to do? Well, I don't think... um... No, you're right. I should just stop thinking about it. Just commit. No, but I mean, not just like to any, like you should, you should get on with somebody, feel resonance with them, la la la. It's not just about like, you know, okay, let's date a rock or something. Yeah, but I think my counter argument would be that if I actually dated someone for a year, probably would get along with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the basis of like arranged marriage, right? Yeah, you just get to know each other. Yeah, yeah, you You get to know it. But like, I mean, when we talk about our generations, like a lot of our, you know, grandparents or whatever were arranged uh, arranged marriage. And so it's, it's just that, that patience and virtue and everything is just built into the system. It's like, no, 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 you don't have a choice. You, this is just what you're doing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And just, then figure it out. Yeah. Like, okay. Just figure it out. What is this shit? Figure it out. Oh, so but do you also think that we've lost that inability to figure stuff out? Because yeah. we only experience joy when things do go wrong. We don't actually problem solve. We just move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm saying it as if, like, you know, I've, I've, I've tried. Yeah, you've I'm the overcome worst. this. Yeah. yeah, I'm the worst at this. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm always after the shiny thing. And commitment's very... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you I, I live by the air as well. You're pretty committed to God, though. You've always been quite committed. God requires a pretty big commitment. I don't know how. I don't think I've really committed very, very, like, I don't think religiously or ritualistically I've committed that much. Um, I think I've... You're pretty committed to the idea of nature. Or like, you know, there being peace in nature, there being God in nature. Yeah, but committing to an, to an idea in concept... Um, I mean, for us, it's quite a big step. <laughs> but generally, it's not really like the, the truth of the commitment is how much you like integrate that into your life and you manifest it. And I think, I think our issue is that I find I struggle to commit to a lot of things because I find it intellectually dishonest to what, have to commit to something, to have a to have an asserted point of view. And that's what our podcast is. Really. It's like radical openness. Right. But how do you ha- achieve a sense of radical openness? Um, which, I, to be honest, maybe we've committed to that. But how do you achieve that and also, like, build the foundations for things in your life? And I think that's why people don't have a certain level of openness often, is because it's so, it can be really ungrounded. But you, and you think commitment is more likely to be a foundation base for creating a life, for building a life? What do you mean? Commitment is? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I mean... So yeah, you're, you're building something. Once you once you you work on something and you build it, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. It, like that's a that's yeah, that's a, it's already a commitment, right? You're already like working on something. It doesn't have to, maybe it, maybe something changes and it's not your life commitment and you, you shift, but that actual like work to build a foundation, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but you think that we're hampered. We we can't possibly do that because we're trying to be radically open. And I think we radical- can do it. I think it's a more ambitious. Um, like you said, I think I, I think we're somewhat we're somewhat good at this in the sense that, like you said, I've kind of built a um, 
uh, sort of, you know, I have a kind of faith in God or an yeah. idea in God, but I also am totally open to the idea that God doesn't exist, that um, every faith could be right, and that, uh, you know, the earth might not be flat, there's Scientology and all these sort of things, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, there seems something resonant in a mystical God, yeah, which is born out of nature. Yeah. Yeah. So I developed to cultivate that in our lives. No, I agree, but maybe we're thinking about it the wrong way. Maybe we're just talking in a grandiose way about things that we've committed <coughs> to. When really maybe we just need baby steps. Like just commit to cereal every morning. Yeah, yeah no, no, I think drinking that's true. every kind of like one type of water. No, I think that, I think that's definitely true. Like once you kind of like uh but it's just because it, it trains a muscle. Yeah, exactly. Once. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't like, and then you build up to babies. Yeah, but also I, I quite like the idea that maybe it's innate within us to not be committed. Yeah, you like that because you have a fear of commitment. Yeah, well, exactly. But like, maybe there is some truth in that. And I don't mean it in terms of like a polyamory way versus monogamy or something. But it could be that we're not meant to be committed to anything. Like even in terms of our diet, a varied diet is better than eating the same thing every day. Yeah, nutritionally speaking, it is. Yeah, right? nutritionally speaking, it is, right? And the more people we speak to, the more the more maybe the the more more intelligent we become. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so maybe I think, it makes well, no I sense to have any commitment in your life. I don't know if the commitment seems like a weird. It's very like it's very intellectual. The yeah, idea yeah, of exactly. commitment just it's like as an idea, it's very intellectual rather than I don't know. When I think of innate things, I think something much more like instinctual. Um, yeah, but I that's why I think commitment isn't innate. Yeah, because okay, it requires okay, okay. so much intelligence. Yeah, it requires so much thought. Yeah, maybe. But I think the idea of novelty is more um, is more like we might be programmed to go for the sweetest fruit, right? Because the sweetest fruit is the healthier, the most. It's got the most nutrition. Um, and so that sort of, if we take that just from a kind of, you know. The actual fruit from the forest, we look for the, the ripest one, the reddest yeah, 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 berry yeah. or whatever. And then we just apply that totally throughout the whole um, construct of like a society that we've built. Then I think we're, we're always looking for that. But what is the... What is the I think there's a psychosis that enters when you found a pretty sweet berry... But you know there's an, a sweeter berry out there. Yeah, but then you, and so then you, you don't eat that berry. You just keep look, looking. looking yeah. And eventually you starve. Oh, so you're saying that you would just completely bypass the berry to look for the sweeter berry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think that's what we do. I think that's what a lot of like, the way we date is. Yeah, and also the way that we work. The way that, but also it's not just limited to us. I think that's yeah, yeah. maybe true of everyone. Hmm. I think it's the biggest, it's the, it's the great anxiety of our time. Yeah, would you define it as anxiety? I mean, I get anxiety from it. Uh, but I also am so, like, I'm so... I, ha I haven't let go of it. Like, I still want that. You know, I still, like, I haven't accepted that... Yeah, but... Uh, I'll just be happy regardless of which berry I eat. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but exactly. So is it an anxiety that you might not eat the sweetest berry? Or is it the anxiety that you don't want your search to be over? Like, you want to search, or, like, is it the search that you want, or is it the actual end point of the search? 
I mean, if you take the berry analogy, I mean, you can, you can search for a berry tomorrow as well. As in, you can eat the berry and still search for another berry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but also, like, in the food thing, I think if we're talking about babies and relationships, <laughs> like, you just have one relationship. Yeah, you yeah. have, like, yeah, you, yeah, you have yeah. a few relationships or a few children, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. you can have plenty of meals. But there's still an anxiety. People always feel like they need to choose the right dish in a restaurant. Like, that's fucking nuts. Well, also, when you and I eat, eat, there's nothing more infuriating than if you order the same dish as me. Because we want to try different things, right? We want to be able to share food and... But does it really matter, like... Well, no, but then does anything really matter? No, no, that's not, like... that's, that's (laughs) That's not the point I'm getting at. No, no. Maybe we've talked too much about commitment. I think patience is what maybe we should have really been discussing. I know, I was quite committed to it. <laughs> no, but also patience is quite... Patience is also something that I don't think is innate. It also requires a lot of thought. Like, I think it goes against a lot of our fibre of being to be patient. Well, I think, like, if we... If, I mean, I think, you know, if we take uh, ideas of, like, survival... And how does the caveman, like, what does he need to have in order to, to eat, right? Um, so I think being able to, like, if you want to kill a deer or something, you've got to have, an, you've element, got to have of an element of patience yeah. to be able to just wait until it's the right moment. But also you've got to train that. You've got to train that. It doesn't come naturally. Because innate would be to just chase the deer. Yeah. Like, you've got to learn to be patient. Well, I don't know. But oh, I, mean, I mean, obviously, I, I, we've I, never hunted. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you if you take children, for example, they most of the time you're obsessed with just... children right now. What is are you? No, no, really no. desperate to be a dad. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> uh, no, but baby, like the the most the best way to look at how our nature is is to look at infants because they've got less conditioning, right? Yeah, but so uh, and they're the not ch- patient. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They just they just cry when they want something. Yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't they don't think. Oh well, lunchtime will be in like two hours. I'll just wait. Yeah, they just like food now, poo now. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you're, maybe you're right. Yeah, but it's also only society that teaches them to be patient. I don't think it's an actual learned behavior. But then, but then, is any virtue uh, learned? Is every virtue learned? Is there such thing as a natural virtue? So there is that argument that obviously I've just come up with. That, <laughs> that all virtues, uh, the reason why we value virtue so highly is because it goes against your innate desires. Yeah, and I think our society is very based around, like, de- like you know, rejecting nature. Well, rejecting our, like, yeah, rejecting to, desire. Like, civilization is yeah. this idea of, like, isolation from, you know, an ecology or natural and progressive ideas are normally going away from what is... I think that might have been probably the most profound thing that we've come up, come up with. What? That virtue? What did we come up with? <laughs> what, like, what did you say? Uh, that, virtu- uh, that all virtues are the, just a rejection of our innate desires. All virtues are learned rather than innate. All virtues are learned rather than innate. I, I struggle to, I don't, I guess maybe I just don't want to believe that. But well, what uh, are our, what do are, you think? So you think yeah. like we're just naturally unvirtuous? Yeah. Sure. But then what does virtue... What, what does virtue mean? Like, as in, like, why do we need to be virtuous then? Well, for patience and commitment, you're maybe suggesting that you'd be a better father if you had those virtues, if you, you were patient and committed. 
I just think like the wor the natural world is so elegantly designed that the things that we need in order to to do the most basic stuff like eat, feed, um, you know, raise children, la la la. It's it's we're born with it. Like sure, things maybe need to be cultivated and they have muscles that can be developed, but most of it's probably there. And then what we talk about conditions or virtues or whatever. Those things are maybe important in order to exist in the society we've constructed. Yeah. Um, and so are very useful. Yeah. And maybe benevolent in that regard. Yeah. But do we? But then it means like on a very, on a very essential basis, we don't really need any of these virtues. That's what we're really saying. No? Yeah, that's what we're really saying. But also, it'd be impossible to live without them. I think things like kindness and love and gratitude, I, I think, I would like to think that they're, they're natural. Why would you think that, though? Because I feel that they don't really re require... They, they do seem to arise naturally and don't require so much work, but then to cultivate them does require work. I feel like I've had a lot of sensations of gratitude of love, of generosity and stuff, which have just arisen naturally. And then there's other moments where I'm like, no, I should be more generous. I should be yeah, more loving no, in this that's situation. Very true. But I don't think I've ever had situations where I'm just naturally patient. So you're almost saying that patience is very different to you know, kindness, love and gratitude. So maybe patience isn't a virtue. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think, so maybe there's a difference, there's, maybe there's something like, maybe there's like a difference between like, there's natural virtues and social virtues. I think there have been times when we are naturally patient. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, no, 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 I think that's true. Like, I think I'm quite patient with a lot of yeah. things, but I don't know if that's, yeah, it does feel like, but I just don't understand. Some people are like, just like shouting at people in like a traffic queue and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, just chill out. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, mind yeah, waiting yeah, here yeah. for an hour or something. I mean, but road rage is, is like... Uh... But I don't know if that's patient. That's just like I'm enjoying the music I'm listening to. <laughs> like... Yeah, I just... I, I really struggle with the concept of patience. I just... I find it very difficult. As in difficult to be patient or to actually accept that it's a positive thing? Yeah, to accept that it's a positive thing. Like, you know... But you don't... You have, has it never... Like, like given you positive things in your life. Like, has patience yeah, yeah. given you? Boredom? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just find it a little bit difficult, actually. Difficult what to be patient? Yeah. No, but you said you, you don't think it's a good virtue. Like, it's, it's not worth being patient. No, but I just, I'm, but I think so. When I am patient, for example, uh, I don't, I don't refer to it as patience. I refer to it as you know holding back or not saying what's on my mind. I don't think I refer to... But that's restraint. What you're talking about is restraint now. No, no I, but how is it, I don't think it's that different to patience. What, patience and restraint are the same? Yeah. Or like, you I know, don't, I don't think patience, are the, uh, patience and restraint are the same, no. Well, what's an example of you being patient? Like, just, just waiting for a doctor's appointment? I mean, that's still you just exhibiting restraint. Yeah, but restraint can be something else. Like, I can use restraint in a painting, which is not... It's just understanding that this... this Like, just not putting more paint on the thing 
will just benefit, will just give a better painting. But I don't think there's any patience involved. Patience has like some sort of temporal element to it. Yeah, okay, you know? fine. But so does restraint, right? Oh, no, I suppose restraint's more of no. an actual action, right? Right, like irrelevant of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's true. Maybe, I mean, there's, I mean, at least they're, they're in the same, like, you know. Yeah, 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 same sort of space. Right. Yeah. I guess you could say that if I restrain from hitting you now, it's because I have the patience that the feeling that I'm having will, will dissipate. Yeah, dissipate. exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, maybe that's why I struggle with patience. Uh, because a lot of times I forget that the feelings I'm having now will dissipate. Because I am trying to be more in touch with my feelings and I want to let them out and I maybe forget to be patient and think and realise that these pa all these feelings are temporary. Yeah, but you're saying, but, you, but so do you think it's positive? Like to, to exhibit patience and restraint, is it positive? And is it naturally positive or is it socially positive? So I think it's socially positive, but I think it's not positive naturally. Okay. Like I do... Like, I do want to exist in a space where regardless of how stupid my feeling is in that moment, I want to let it out. Okay. Yeah. But you just, but just because you want to doesn't mean it's... No, but I just think it can only be positive to just be a, ma just be a person with a plethora of emotions. Because I think I'm only let out certain emotions. So I want to exist in a space when I let out all my emotions. Immediately. Immediately. But I mean, within that sort of, I mean, that's just somebody who's insane, right? <laughs> like, no, in, in this kind of, well, within our society, the construct of our society or what madness would be, it's just somebody who really ha exhibits no patience. No constraint, yeah. yeah. No restraint, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No restraint and no patience. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of the time when you see somebody behaving in what we would consider a crazy way or something, it's because they're actually behaving in ways that you can completely relate with and you would want to yeah. relate you'd want to do you just you just know it's like sensible not to because you'll end up in prison or something so then maybe do you not find that yeah for or, sure so or am i just more insane than i think no so what you're really saying is that we're really committed to living within the constraints of society yeah i think so yeah but maybe it's just because we naturally think it's it's beneficial for our survival like you know but then you know for you to say that we have commitment issues is completely wrong because we are committed to living within the constraints of society. Yeah, but like to have commitment issue doesn't mean you've never committed to anything. Like I've committed to to shit when I want to shit. Like I, I, <laughs> it's not it's not really like a commitment, right? I mean, I still I've committed to eating. I've committed to the basic things. I've committed to a society. But like, so why you, can't you just extrapolate you, that commitment and commit to a person or commit to? Well, I think that is what, a job. That or, is what we do. But like to say you've got commitment issues doesn't mean you've never committed to anything. It just means your commitment is out of balance in terms of what, would what you believe would provide you happiness, right? So, I mean, it's not necessary that, that, we, that commitments... I'm not saying commitments necessarily are a good thing. <laughs> um, it makes sense to say that it's not as well. Yeah. Um, but, okay, wait, so... I mean, but I, I feel personally that I have derived unhappiness from, from my ability to just... Uh, to commit or unhappy. Yeah, but okay. It's so more from the anxiety of decision making. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. That's one and other the choice. plethora of choice. But maybe, yeah, but also, but maybe we're just framing it completely wrong. You know, like we say, it's always about how you frame things. And maybe our we're committed to joy, 
and not happiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think your definition of happiness is different from mine, right? So like, yeah, yeah, but, but no, I'm just contentment. Yeah, exactly. But within that sphere, we both recognise that the novelty causes contentment and joy. No. Okay, uh, fine. For me, think, novelty causes joy, so I'm committed to finding novelty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It 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 causes joy, but not contentment. Ah, okay. joy so being short-lived, contentment to, meaning long-lived. Yeah, yeah. And you're so looking we, for contentment. You, you're con, you're committed to contentment. I'm not committed to contentment. I would quite like to be. Okay. But um, I feel like this. if I'm really committed to contentment, I would do things more, like, I would commit to more things. Is contentment just when you stop searching for the novelty in life? Um, or is it just when you accept, like, the banality of existence? I think like just, the day to day. I think the general need. I think maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing to do with commitment. Actually, it's just to do with <laughs> being able to be satisfied in the where you are. Satisfied where I am. I'm pretty satisfied where I am right now. Yeah, but so maybe that requires a commitment to always podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but actually, it would, surely it would be the the opposite. Like if we're satisfied satisfied with our podcast, why do we need to make any more podcasts? No, no, you're satisfied in the place that you like how you feel now. Like this idea of like eating the red, like looking at the red berry and thinking there's a redder berry. That's an anxiety driven of thinking you could be happier than you are. Right. And that's what brings the unhappiness. So if you are happy now, whether the red berry is red or whether it's not, then you'll be you'll be happy. Right. And I think a lot of the time is just like with these committed things is this, it's just like not looking elsewhere all the time. So where are we, where are we going with this? I think we're gone. We've, we're gone. Gone. <laughs> We've got it. I don't know where it is, but it's... Fine, if you're going to summarize, summarize... Well, I think that's the thing. That, well, that is it. If you're here, we're here. We're here, we're here. So be happy in here. That's all it is, really. Yeah, okay. But we, we knew that before we yeah, started. Yeah, we knew that before we started, but we don't... <laughs> but we, don't we, we haven't known how to know it fully. And now you know how to know it. No, I still know. <laughs> Fine. Maybe you're committed to learning. Uh, I think I'm committed to seeing. Yeah? Yeah. I, because, I think because I had a learning, which was that... You had one learning. Yeah, I had one learning, which was <laughs> like, that none of the knowledge is really that necessary. As long as I'm looking at everything, I'm happy. Okay. And you mean physically looking? No, it's just, just paying attention to things. And I think learning, for me, learning, I love learning, but not because I need to attain information, but because I like watching something reveal itself in real time. Yeah, okay. And I think that's what learning is, watching something reveal itself in real time. I really like that. And But seeing if your hypothesis is correct or doing it without judgment. No, I think that's. I think uh, having a hypothesis and all this sort of stuff, it's 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 too much. Um, it's too information based. It's not true to what the world is. So just watching things reveal themselves in real time. Wow. I think to do that, you've got to really engage with with everything. I can't be on my phone, for example. Well, I mean, you can watch what you can learn what the phone is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I do think just not playing on the phone solves most of these things. Yeah, exactly. Most, most of everything we're talking about, you could just get rid of by putting on the phone. But, no, but the really phone's its own thing that reveals itself and has learning. Yeah, I also, I'm really committed to playing on my phone. Yeah. So I don't want you to take Yeah, but you're not, you're not, this is, this is, 
this is the crazy thing is that none of us are like uh, cognitively committed to it, but we're habitually committed to it. None of us have decided I will always be on Instagram, like you know. Yeah, but if you not, if you not just hit the nail on the head, that we're not cognitively committed to anything, we're just habitually, yeah, habitually committed to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same with food, same with maybe our life partner, we're just habitually committed to them. Yeah, but if you want to have a shift, you maybe need to engage your cognition a little. Yeah, but even in your thing, if I'm watching things reveal themselves in real time. It's just novelty. He's still yeah. just chasing that novelty. Yeah, but you're allowing... Yeah, it is novelty, but it's no, novelty on a profound level that allows the banality to exist. It allows mundanity. Mundanity. Well, you, yeah. Well, yeah. You, no, you just, do, you just derive the, novel, the natural novelty that exists within transients. Within a universe that is transient, there is nothing that is not novel. There is absolutely nothing that's not novel. But, but we, we don't see that. Yeah, because we're too busy chasing the shinier thing. Well, it's less apparent. Like, if, we, yeah, if I look yeah. at that plant, I look at it every day for the next year, it's changing every day. But it's not changing that apparently. Yeah, Whether yeah. If you say, look at that plant, and then look at a cup of coffee, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then look at Super Mario Kart or whatever, you, yeah, know, you know there's change. There's, nobody can, like... Deny that. Deny yeah. that. But if you spend enough time looking at the same plant yeah, yeah. In, uh, for a year... You'll slowly learn that there is a novelty to every moment and to um, to the basic stuff. That you your your ability to just find novelty is everywhere. And you think that will lead to a deeper sense of contentment than looking at the plant, and then looking at the coffee, then looking at Super Mario. I reckon so. 